Hello, and welcome to What in the World is Dyscalculia? Or, I could say, What in the World is Dyscalculia? You will hear it pronounced both ways, and we'll talk about why in just a moment. I'm Honora Wall. I'm a 17-year educator, and I specialize in and research the math learning disorder called dyscalculia. It's a lovely day here in North Iowa, so I'm recording outside. You can probably hear the birds in the background keeping me company, and I hope that that is a soothing sound for you as we jump into our podcast. When I first heard about this math challenge, I was talking with a colleague of mine who's an Orton-Gillingham and Wilson-trained reading tutor, and she had a number of students who were coming in to see her with a diagnosis of dyslexia and also a math learning impairment called dyscalculia. That's how she introduced it to me, and that's how I first heard the word said. And for about a year, speaking with different educators and parents and um, people I knew, I heard dyscalculia or something as close to that as possible. It can be a tough word for people to say. And then, about a year later, I was talking with some academics and some psychologists, and they would use the phrasing dyscalculia. So, you will hear it pronounced in both ways. Because it was introduced to me as dyscalculia, that really got stuck in my head, and that is the more common phrasing, so that's the one I'll be going with most of the time in this podcast. I'm sure there are strong feelings about that. On both sides, feel free to leave comments with your thoughts and feelings and your best phonetic spelling for how you usually say this word, dyscalculia. So what is it? Dyscalculia is a legal and medical term. This is a diagnosis of a specific learning disorder with an impairment in mathematics. It is part of the same family of specific learning disorders as dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyspraxia, a few others that you may or may not have heard of. It is not the same as dyslexia. It is not dyslexia with numbers. It affects a totally different side of the brain, and we'll talk about that in future podcasts. And it has a completely different impact on memory, learning, recall, classroom experience, and experiences in the workplace. We'll talk about all of that in future episodes as well. The place where dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, dyspraxia are the same is that these are conditions, neurologically speaking, there are different parts of the brain that are impacted, different connectors uh, that connect well or sometimes connect poorly or disconnect, or that are mixed wiring in a sense. Not in the sense of thinking poorly, but in the sense of thinking differently. A person who has dyscalculia is not a person who cannot do math. My students do very well with math after we have found the best way to talk about it for them and the right support systems they need in the classroom and at home. And future episodes will take a deep dive into that. You can also visit my website 
educalclearning.com or find me speaking at events around the country or training teachers in person or in online. All of those are options uh, to find out more or keep listening to the podcast. Send me your questions and your concerns and I'll be happy to address them. My passion is getting out awareness and information for parents, students, and teachers about this learning difficulty because it really does impact people in a very negative way. It can keep students out of higher level math classes when they have the IQ to back up being in higher level math classes. It can keep them out of STEM fields when they have an incredible work ethic and a very unique and interesting way of problem solving and thinking through problems. Very mathematical thinkers, but not necessarily the numeracy based superstars that we like to see in early math education. And that's where they start to run into quite a few problems. But it doesn't have to be that way. And for parents, this can be a very frustrating disorder because you're trying so hard to help your student and you're doing everything that you were told you were supposed to do at home and it's just not making a difference. You're having conversations with the school, you're asking for help, you're looking for answers and frankly, they're hard to find. The research on dyscalculia at this point in time is about 10% the amount of published research available on dyslexia. We need to know more. We need to know more about what works, how to implement what works, how to stay away from what does not work, and we need to know how to make the working support feasible for classroom teachers. And teachers, I know that you are going above and beyond to help all of your students. I've been a teacher for 17 years. I go above and beyond myself and I know the constraints we have around us in the classroom. It can really be overwhelming. The good news is I'm here to tell you that the best way to support students with dyscalculia, very easy, very easy. Future podcasts will go into detail about the how and the why and how to implement it. The first thing I will tell you is use support systems. Times tables charts, multiplication charts, calculator, reference sheets, formula sheets, worked examples. All of these are ways that you can support students with dyscalculia and help them succeed in math class. Partly because one of the hallmarks of this math learning disorder is that the brain dumps math information over time. So teachers, you are correct. Your student did know this information on Tuesday, and here it is Friday, and they look like they've never seen it before. In a way, they really haven't. They've already lost the information that they've learned. So there are different ways that we can store memory outside of the parietal lobe, which is the part of the brain affected by this learning disorder. And there are different ways we can help students get through the classwork in front of them so that they can learn and remember in a different way and reach some math success. 
you want more information about different ways to support students in the classroom or at home, again, visit my website or send me an email and leave a comment here if that works for you. Reach out and I will make sure to get some information to you because that's the name of the game, helping people succeed in math. They can. They can do it very easily. I have a number of students who are proof of that. Elementary, middle, high school, college age, and people in the workforce, adults who have dyscalculia. And they've all managed to reach a level of math success, increased self-confidence, and moving ahead with showing how capable they are and not having numbers stand in their way. So we have a lot to talk about. In this podcast, we'll be talking about case studies, real-world people I've worked with and their successes. We're going to talk about the published research. What do we know? Who says so, and how did they find out? And we're going to talk about what does this mean in the classroom, because we want students to succeed. We're also going to answer your questions and speak directly to your comments and concerns. So please reach out. Let me know what's on your mind and what do you want to know about the specific learning disorder with an impairment in mathematics that we call dyscalculia. I'm Honora Wall. I'm really glad that you listened in today. For more information, please check out my website educalclearning.com and I'm happy to begin this journey with you. Thank you.